Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Hello and welcome back. This is episode 11. Parenting is a journey. We encounter our most vulnerable places on a daily basis. The interaction with our children bring up a lot of unresolved issues. That is what I think is beautiful in the journey of parenting. It gives us an opportunity to heal our past hurts. But healing is a lifelong process. And until we become a Zen master that is always calm and says the right thing, we will mess up. We will lose our temper, we will yell, threat, shame, and say a lot of things we don't mean to. We are all human. Each one of us gets triggered by different things our kids say, do, or don't do. We get activated and go into what Daniel Siegel calls the low road. In the low road, our higher processes of the mind are shut down. We are not able to think rationally, reflect on our thought process. We can't be mindful and flexible in our responses and are not self-aware. We are experiencing intense emotions. We react in an impulsive, rigid and repetitive way. We lack self-reflection and the consideration of others' point of view. This happens to any person, no matter the age. What makes the difference is what we do about it. We can take these moments as learning opportunities. They invite us to self-reflect as well as to teach our children how healthy relationships look like. To self-reflect, you can ask yourself, what is getting me triggered? How am I acting when I get triggered? How do my kids respond in that moment? What are the sensations in my body? This self-reflection is the first step toward healing and changing our patterns. In this episode, though, I won't be focusing on this, but rather on how we can take the moments of rupture with our children and turn them into valuable learning opportunities for both us and our kids and make a repair with them. First, I want to examine what goes inside our kids' heads when there is a rupture in the relationship. Dr. Becky, in her book, Good Inside, teaches us that when there is a rupture in the relationship and the child is left to make sense of the situation by himself, the child feels intense distress and dysregulation, which means that he is overwhelmed by his body's sensations and he is in a psychological threat. He needs to cope and get back to a state of safety. The child will rely on one of two mechanisms, self-doubt or self-blame. With self-doubt, the child is trying to make sense of the interaction with the parent and may tell himself that he's probably overreacting and that his parent couldn't have said those awful things to him. He is probably remembering it wrong. This self-talk wires the child's brain to believe that he doesn't perceive things accurately and he cannot trust how things feel to him. 
A child that turns to self-doubt may grow to believe that he can't trust himself and has trouble locating his intuition. He may define himself by what other people think about him. The other coping mechanism that kids turn to is self-blame. With this, the child is trying to get control of the reality by telling himself that he is bad or wrong rather than the parent. It is a much safer feeling to be bad in a good world than to be good in a bad world. Daniel Siegel, in his book, Parenting from the Inside Out, explains that when there is a toxic rupture, a one where the parent is very frightening to the child, the child feels feelings of overwhelming shame and begins to think of himself as bad or defective. Listen to episode 10 where I talk about shame in more depth. All these problematic consequences of the rupture can be eliminated if we make a repair with our kids. By repairing after a rupture, we restore the connection. Our kids become more resilient, they learn emotional awareness and emotional regulation, and we prime them for healthy relationships for when they grow up. So how do we repair? Before we initiate an interaction with our kids, we first have to make sure that we are out of the low road and back on the high road state of mind, where we are self-aware and are able to be reflective, mindful, and flexible. We can try breathing intentionally, focusing on making our exhales longer than our inhales, move our bodies, get outdoors, drink a cup of water or soothing tea, change our physical location. This is a learning process. In time, you will figure out what works best for you and your body. Next, the timing of the repair. It's best to repair as soon as you are back to your calm state of mind. The younger the child, the bigger the effect of the rupture is on him, so the repair should be as soon as possible. Older kids have a better ability to reflect on what happened even after more time has passed. We also need to be mindful of whether the child is in the right place to have a conversation. Especially with older kids or teenagers, we should ask them if it's a good time for them. If it is not, don't give up. Try later. Show them that this is important to you and you're not forgetting to repair, and you will find the right time. There isn't one right way to make a repair. You have to feel authentic with what you are saying. Dr. Becky offers us four components for a repair. One, share what you've been reflecting on. Two, acknowledge the other person's experience. Three, State what you would do differently next time. 4. Connect through curiosity now that things feel safer. There are also a few key elements to keep in mind. Say you're sorry. Restate your memory of what happened so that your child will see that it wasn't in his head. Take responsibility on your actions and never blame your kids for your behavior. So let's take an example of what this can look like. As a homeschooling mom, I sometimes get overwhelmed with feelings of fear and worry. I'm normally very relaxed when it comes to my kids' academic learning, but once in a while a voice creeps up into my head that tells me that they will never know what they need to know and that I'm doing a lousy job. When I am not mindful of that and I let this take over me, I can respond harshly, especially to my nine-year-old. The other day, he complained about doing math. I had a knee-jerk reaction and said, 
You have no idea how good you have it. Other kids need to sit all day in front of a desk and do schoolwork. Why don't you just do this? Math is so important for you. My son got really offended and started to cry. I was able to get a hold on myself a few minutes later and make a repair. I said something along the lines of, Hey Aloni, I'm really sorry I talked to you the way I did before. You know, sometimes I get overwhelmed with feelings of fear and worry, and my mind gets crazy, and I say things I don't want to. Even moms sometimes do things that are out of their control. That had nothing to do with you. It is my own issue. That must have been unpleasant for you. I imagine you might have felt not seen by me, and maybe even that I don't appreciate your efforts. I will try my best next time to be more mindful of my fears and communicate in a more respectful way to you. Would you want to share with me what you were feeling? Can I give you a hug? I love you. With preschool kids, it is helpful to repair through play, storytelling, or drawing, in addition to talking about what happened and apologizing. My five-year-old really responds well to me telling him stories. I like to make the characters animals that deal with the same situation that he is dealing with. This can sound like this. Once there was a family of bunnies. There was a mommy bunny, daddy bunny, and three little bunnies. One day, during dinner, the little bunny started playing with his food and eventually spilled the whole plate on the floor. Mommy bunny got really mad and yelled at the little bunny. The little bunny felt so scared. All his body was shaking. He wanted to go and hide in the corner of the barrel. A few minutes later, Mommy Bunny told him that she was sorry and that it wasn't his fault that she yelled. She said she loved him and that next time she will do her best not to scare him with her big feelings. They hugged and snuggled together and went to sleep. We don't need to strive to be perfect parents. We all make mistakes. We can take these mistakes as opportunities for growth and learning. When we get triggered, calm down and make a repair, we show our kids that we are all people. And sometimes we lose our cool and then we recover. This teaches our kids that when they are triggered, they are okay. They are normal and they will soon get back to their calm and regular self. This way they make sense of their experience. They learn emotional regulation and that relationships stay sturdy even when there are bumps along the way. I hope this episode was helpful. It is never too late to make a repair, even if it's years after the rupture. I would love to hear your thoughts about this on the Facebook group Marsupial Mamas. Talk to you next time. hope you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, 
and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon. Oh, 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 oh,